0: Hi. Welcome to the Apologist Bookshelf, Gary Zacharias here. I've got a book about 20 years old called Six Modern Myths by uh, Samson, S-A-M-P, there's a P in there, S-A-M-P-S-O-N, and um, it's dealing with ideas that everybody thinks are true and they're not, and it kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it, how many other ideas do we have rolling around in our minds that we're pretty sure of, and then we find out later, well, not, not so much, so we probably ought to have a little humility as we walk around telling everybody the way things are. So this book uh, is gentle, it's very nice, but it deflates many of these important myths of modern Western culture. Things like uh, uh, Galileo is a hero against the mean, evil Catholic Church, or the missionaries were terrible and the native people were wonderful, and he he takes on these myths, and the six myths are the Galileo story, Darwin, the environment, missionaries, the human body, I mean, after all, Christians hate the human body, it's all about repressing, repressing. Uh, and then number six, witches. So if I come back, I'll probably do the witches uh, later, but I wanted to take on the one about missionaries. I just think that's really fascinating, and it's subtitled, A Story of Oppression. So here it goes. Uh, It says, for many people, as he starts the chapter, he said, the things you hear about missionaries, it's, uh, what, what happens is Christians go out there and they think they've got the truth. And so what do they do? Well, these other people obviously are mistaken, so it's okay to oppress them. But of course, the modern mind, which is enlightened by reason and science, that's tolerant and that's humane. The other, not so much. Uh, he quotes from Bertrand Russell, who talks about what happened in um, the New World when the Spanish came. It says, the Spaniards in Mexico and Peru used to baptize Indian infants and then immediately dashed their brains out. By this means, they secured that these infants went to heaven. And he concludes, this is Russell concluding, no Orthodox Christian can find any logical reason for condemning their action. Wow. Okay, absolutely not true at all. But he's starting off in this chapter with what the story is that's being told to everybody. Um, Missionaries are linked to colonists and criminals, guilt by association. And things are said like this. Aboriginal lands were confiscated, children taken away and put in Christian mission stations, waterholes of the natives were poisoned, many of the people massacred, Norman Lewis tells uh, the same story. It's corruption, it's exploitation, it's forced conversion, and it implicates missionaries that they're all involved in this. They went hand in hand with the uh, colonialists that came along. Missionary influence is said to spread through fear, or you just offer these uh, poor, dumb natives, you offer them some food, and then they convert. So they call it rice bowl converts, they're accused of exploiting natives for commercial gain and committing what they call ethnocide. They forced uh, removal of the children from the parents. they uh, helped steal land, they destroyed the habitats, they tortured, they murdered uh, on and on. It's just it's a pretty grim look. Now, of course, contrast that with the way native people are shown in many of these uh, modern stories They're, Vulnerable residents are like little children. It's an idyllic land. They're living in the land of Eden. And they're victims. Here comes Western oppression. And it's a missionary that shows up. And they're tricked out of their land. And they give up their beliefs out of fear. Or maybe awe of the white culture. And um, just awful stuff, right? It's the land and the Bible. That's, the, that's what happens here. They come in, bring the Bible, and take the land. Um, in fact, one person said when the white man came, uh, the people there had the land and the whites had the Bible. They taught us to pray with our eyes closed, somebody said, and when we opened them, they had the land and we had the Bible. So these are the negative things that are out there. And, And of course, I appreciate this. The author, Samson, says missionaries have not been entirely innocent. Of course not. We're all broken people. And so he talks about that. But then he's got a section He calls it civilization, enlightenment, and Christianity. He said, you know, one big error about this missionary oppression is to somehow pull together Western civilization with Christianity as if they're the same, that the gospel is inherently Western. And and, uh, Samson said, you can't support that. No biblical authors came from Europe, at least Western Europe, and most biblical events took place in Asia and Africa. And the language, even the language of oppression, you know, calling the people there barbarians or savages, that owes nothing to Christianity. It came from Enlightenment times, you know, the pride of the Enlightenment, and not Christianity. By the late 19th century, Samson points out that these terms, savagery and barbarism of civilization, were seen as a progressive sequence, right? It's savage first, and then they became barbarist, and then they turned into civilized individuals. And so it's this pr- progress that's going on there that they somehow have linked to missionaries. And it's just naive to say civilization is Christianity. In fact, he has a lot of quotes here that for many in the Enlightenment, the idea of civilization and progress was opposed to Christianity. He takes Bertrand Russell as, a, as an example again. Uh, for him, Christianity was an obstacle, not an instrument of progress. So I think that's interesting. And he's got a section here called Aristotle, Evolution, and Slavery. And so he said, uh, when On the Origin of Species got published, defenders now of Western civilization had a scientific language to express the belief it's okay to lord it over people. After all, they're more favored species or they're superior species, races, and they can displace, if they need to, the savage, the lower ones. So the strong struggle and overcome and overtake the weak, and that's just the way things are. But I said, you know, in contrast to that idea of the inferiority of these barbarians and this enlightenment pride of being civilized compared to the uncivilized, missionaries have had that belief That's the bedrock belief of Christianity that people are made, including natives, they're made in God's image. And they're of common descent with all of us from the first parents, Adam and Eve. So there's equality of the human race. And even he he mentions an author who's apparently not a Christian, uh, very unsympathetic toward the Christian view named David Stoll. And he even mentions that evangelical missions in Latin America, for example, tended to treat native people with more respect than their own governments did and their fellow citizens. And again, I really like the idea of finding people who are on the opposite side from Christianity and yet they admit or recognize the truths of many things about Christianity. I like to use them as resources when I'm writing things, so I appreciate him mentioning David Stoll. He says the Darwinian picture of humanists challenged that Christian vision. We're all one, and that we all came out of Adam and Eve. And, uh, and that's not what you're hearing with the idea of the Darwinian picture. There, there we go again about the strong overtaking the weak. And then he has a section called Slaves, Missionaries, and Greek Humanism. And he said there was, of course, enslavement in the New World. But he said church opposition grew almost as soon as the uh, slavery began itself. He points out slavery was justified not from the Bible, but from the teaching of Aristotle. Aristotle said a slave is just a live tool, and he's inferior to a civilized person. So that's where that came from. It wasn't Christianity that justified slavery. In fact, I have a talk, and sometime maybe I can uh, get into that with one of these books, the kind of slavery that was in the Bible compared to the slavery that we think of here in the American South. Okay, and he moves on. He says, uh, Christians have been involved in the reform and abolition of slavery. And guess who gets to the top of the list there? William Wilberforce. He formed the Society for the Abolition of the uh, Slave Trade and uh, said many 19th century missionaries were appalled at it and they tried to change it. Now there's a, a, a comment made that somehow missionaries were in collusion with the colonial interests. And they said, no, actually, there are many clashes and conflicts between missions and other interests. So, uh, as an example, Portuguese authorities imprisoned missionaries, destroyed missions that had been established, so that they could gain more territorial control and enslave the native people. Where the independence of the missionaries couldn't be controlled, national governments would expel them. Why? They didn't want the missionaries there to publicize any atrocities or to intervene to help the Native people there. Again, he quotes from David Stoll. He says, no friend of missions. He says that the leadership of current Native rights organizations in Peru comes out of missionaries' bilingual schools. Isn't that interesting? So the leadership of Native rights organizations came out of missionary schools. So I think that's fascinating. Um, Let me move on here. Missionary conflicts. There was great conflict between missionaries and trading or colonial interests. We don't hear about that, do we? Traders and colonists resisted evangelizing Native people. They didn't want Native people to become Christians. They saw, well, if you convert them, then they're going to get access to Western culture, and they'll get the resources, and then they'll get the power. And these colonists didn't want to share the power. They wanted it all. Uh, one missionary named Henry Martin, he was in early 19th century India. He was condemned by Europeans. Why? He associated with the natives and started schools. Some people thought that was crazy. And others said, this is bad. This is not good at all. How can you keep a converted Indian under control? In fact, um, there's a article out by, uh, again, it's an atheist, but he says Africa, for example, needs Christianity. He said, Christianity has done the most to raise up the Africans, and um, maybe I can share that article sometime. Missionaries, actually, they, he says here in this book, had more in common with native people than with the colonizing white men. Oftentimes, that was the case. Missionaries ended up forging alliances with native people, and he gives all sorts of examples of that. I think that's fascinating. Okay, another section of the book here. He talks about, really, was it, was it a wonderful, pastoral, idyllic, Eden sort of environment where the missionaries came and they spoiled it all? Well, this pastoral innocence says these places have not always been joyful, peaceable, or just. Missionaries have actually done a lot of humanitarian reform. And this is not in his book, but I would just suggest if you're interested in something like this, you find this interesting, and I do, there's a book called Bruchko, B-R-U-C-H-K-O, the story of a missionary who went down to South America. And he worked with uh, tribes down there, pretty uh, uh, brutal people at one time. But he worked with them, and you find out how much humanitarian reform he accomplished down there. So that's one of the points that Samson is bringing up in this book, that these places are not, these native places are not beautiful, happy places. In fact, in Bruchko, you find out these people are terrified of spirits. And there have been some awful things that have happened that sound pretty satanic. So you can take a look at that book sometime. Um, They give an example, an anthropologist, Marvin Harris says that along the banks of the Amazon, and the Mississippi. Village communities, This says the majority of them, collected enemy heads as trophies. They roasted prisoners of war alive, consumed human flesh in ritual feasts. Human sacrifice was common, usually followed by cannibalism. So having slaves or killing the slaves was widespread in the world, and it was way before the arrival of the white colonists. See, that's something else sometime I'd like to get into and discuss, this idea that it was uh, whites that started slavery. Absolutely not. That's been a mark of the whole world, unfortunately, for a long, long time. So, um, missionaries, as I said, identified often with the native culture rather than their own. Missionaries have been active in op- in opposing the oppression, uh, the uh, oppression of vulnerable members of society. Missionaries, and it says, especially in Europe have often been in the vanguard of humanistic reforms so they've done a lot of good for the people there setting up hospitals and training them and teaching them to read and write and there have been some wonderful reforms because of the missionaries all right so that's pretty much it that's near the end of the um, chapter here so it says there's that grand story that somehow modernity deserves our loyalty and it blames all the ills of exploitation on the church and it says, that's, at least in his view, this is an alibi because the Enlightenment and Darwinian ideologies can evade responsibility for their part and just put it on to the missionaries. And it says the missionary gets painted as the bigot and the superstitious antagonist. And it says, but that's, that's not correct. So again, the book is called Six Modern Myths. I think you'd find it uh, interesting. Again, it's not brand new. You could probably find a used copy. But don't uh, feel bad about it being older because it's covering past material, which means it doesn't really go out of date. So I think you might uh, get a lot of good out of that one. All right, well, let's do another podcast soon.